Hold on, let me make a drink. Oh, okay. Hey, Kenny. Hold in this vault. It's what? I'm quarantined. Oh, yeah, that's right. What year did the Waterboy come out? 1994. No, you're so wrong. 1998. Welcome to Man vs. Model, the only podcast in the multiverse that pits humans against machines in a pre-apocalyptic college football predictioneering battle royale to the death. Here's your host, Kenny Peanut Butter Pants Morton. I should have known that was college, not high school. I just watched this. It's on like Paramount or something all the time. It's one of those it's one of those movies that just you can turn on anytime and just watch it at any point oh, until yeah. it's over. Oh, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so good. There's um yeah. there's a brewery called Cosmic Eye. They're doing a trivia night and round one is Billy Madison, round two is Waterboy, and round three is Wedding Singer. So thinking about going nice. to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen Billy Billy yeah, Madison has, Billy Madison has to be up there in movies that I've watched a lot. A lot. Yeah, I've probably seen Waterboy more times, but Billy Madison's definitely up there. Yeah, totally. Actually, out of the three, I've probably seen Billy Madison the least. Oh, I really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah so. It's my favorite. I think it's my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I and mean, that's definitely kind of like the triumvirate, right? Those are the the, the Trinity. Well, you got to, and then you got to, well, then you got to add, uh, uh, have, I think Happy Gilmore deserves to be in there, you know. True. And then and Big Daddy. So there's like five. There's like five of Adam Sandler movies where he's the lead. You know, underrated uh, Adam Sandler movie, Punch Drunk Love. I, I, I like Punch Drunk Love. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. Uh, P.T. Anderson directed it. I, oh, yeah? I want to say that's the movie he did after Requiem for a Dream. Okay. No, he didn't do Requiem Dream. Sorry, sorry. Uh, he did Boogie Nights. So, was that the movie he did after Boogie Nights? Yes, that might have been the movie that he did after Boogie Nights. Possibly. That's uh, yeah. Time wise, that sounds about right. It's just kind of funny. It was like Adam Sandler. You know, he tried to step out and do something a little bit more, um, I guess, prestigious or whatever you say. And yeah. then he just went right back to doing his <laughs> his same old stupid movies that he made all the time. But I, and then he did what was the movie he just made recently? Uh, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Yeah, yeah, Uncut Gems. So he's kind of trying to step back into that a little bit. But I mean, when you make that much money, who cares? Just tell dick jokes and make funny voices and be rich and get ca- cash checks. Yeah. Yeah, yep, Ken- exactly. Kenny, how, how are you doing? We are on discord. We're trying our hand at discord. Cause you're on COVID. Yeah. Pro- you're on COVID protocols, right? I'm on COVID pro. Well, technically, if you want to say from onset of symptoms, I'm, I'm technically done, but I've been told I can't, I can't come near your house for another at least week. Um, because there are health professionals in the house and um, I would hate to do something to, you know, disrupt that process. So yeah, we, uh, as, as Legion probably knows, we took a trip down to Florida and as many of you probably know, it's about 20% of the COVID cases, uh, in the country. And, uh, we now have proof that breakthrough cases are real. <laughs> um, so yeah. So we came back with a little extra souvenir nice. uh, from, from the sunshine state. Uh, Florida can go fuck itself uh, as far as I'm concerned, but you know, it hasn't, I mean, it hasn't been bad. I mean, sniffles, um, lost my sense of smell, which is kind of, is, is sort of disturbing. What's, what's actually probably the most disturbing part of it is, is that I can still taste things. Oh, and so, yeah, so I'll take a bite of something and I have no idea what it tastes like until it hits my tongue. It, where it's it's almost like it's a surprise you know it's it's like it's like a blindfold for your for your mouth yeah in a way hmm. so, so anyway I'd give you like a turd sandwich uh, if if i close my eyes I wouldn't know until you put it in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yeah so recovering um i think i'm pretty you know pretty much back to normal a um, little bit of a stuffy nose still, but um, luckily our, our young is okay. And obviously that's the concern without him being vaccinated at this point, but it looks like he's going to be fine at least 
up to this point, so we're optimistic about that too. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. Uh, Dingus is out on vacation this week, so he'll be back next yep. week. He's out in Colorado this week. Yeah. Yeah, we're all going to be back for the. So next week we're going to do what? Big Ten and then Week Zero. Big Just Ten. Talking about a couple of the Week Zero games. Yeah, Big Ten and then Week Zero. So Big Ten next week, and then the episode after will be Week Zero. So okay, and I don't know right. how yeah. many. I need to look and okay. see. I need to look and see how many Week Zero games there are. I think there's only like five. There's five. I know the the Huskers are one of them. Mm-hmm. So you know we can talk. We, maybe we can dive a little bit deeper into Nebraska than we have a tendency to do these days. But um. But yeah, we'll, we'll, so we'll hit the Big Ten next week. But this week, very special treat. We have the most important conference in college football, um, the ever-growing. They're kind of like a cancer cell. You know, they just sort of yeah. uncheck. They're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger until they take over the entire entity. Um, the Southeastern Conference. Uh, so we're going to roll through the conference. You guys... I, I gotta be honest, I haven't been listening to episodes because I'm not on them, so I don't really care. Um, oh, well, that's not... So they're, They were excellent episodes, <laughs> you jerk. I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were great. You but, probably haven't you watched know. any of our TikToks either because you're a big jerk. I watched the first one, and it was pretty damn good, Yeah, I have to say. I have to say that your TikTok skills are pretty top-notch already. So you're setting a pretty high bar for yourself there. Yeah, well, I mean, I gotta, you know... It, it was it was really a joint effort with uh, Dingus and myself because he got all the equipment. I kind of had an idea, and then he executed the idea. Um, we collaborated on the shots, and then he executed the idea in editing. So it, it is it's not just nice. me. It's it's both it's both of us. Yeah, we and we've got some more ideas coming. So yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get going on those, and that might you know we might pick up tens of listeners from. <laughs> from those videos hey let's hope so let's hope we get tens of them so yeah so follow us on double, double our listenership so <laughs> you know gotta do it All right, so, so i'm guessing what you guys have been doing is just going through the whole conference talking about odds and then just sort of saying whether we like the over or the under does that sound about right am i, mm, yeah. am I on the same page yep yep that you uh you got it you got it there all right fella cool well why don't we start with the bottom of the SEC totem pole, um, not exactly what you call balanced conference. No. Um, again, we're seeing a lot of we're seeing that disparity between the two um, sides of the conference as well, the two divisions. Uh, it'll be interesting to see with the changes coming how that power balance will sort of um, be shifted. Uh, but for this year, and at least for a couple other years, it looks like it looks like Vanderbilt is going to be continue to be sort of at the bottom rung. Uh, so right now, Vegas has that over-under set at three, one total of three. The over is at minus 150, though, so it looks like they're leaning that way, and the under is at 120. So, Casey, why don't you get us started here? Uh, what do you think of that three? What do you see for Vanderbilt this year? Yeah, it's it, it really surprising that the under is plus 120 to me. Uh, the under, I think, is the bet here. Uh, they have a new head coach, Clark Lee. Uh, who was the DC at Notre Dame the last few years? Who knew? I I didn't. I had no idea who that was. Um, and this is actually yeah. this is going to be a trend you're going to see in these bottom end teams in the SEC because I think like eight teams, seven, eight, six, seven, eight teams changed coaches last year. So uh, he's bringing the Arizona Cardinals wide receivers coach uh, to be the OC. So there's going to be some sort of air raid that we put in cause he's coming from cliff Kingsbury. Um, but it is the first year of new systems with, with the talent of Vandy. So that equals not so many wins. I see two wins for sure. So East Tennessee state, uh, week one, and then Yukon later in the schedule. Uh, I do only have one toss up and that's at Colorado state week two. Uh, and I don't think they win a game in the conference, so they'll be lucky to get to three. So that I say, take the under and the prices really nice for that yeah i agree at 120 i mean you look at vandy they're always going to be at a talent disadvantage in the sec just because they do have higher academic standards you know you're 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 competing against a lot of state schools and stuff like that who can pretty much admit whoever they want to um so vandy is always going to be in that position in football uh there's not really any higher end talent on this team so if you look at athlon's um all conference preseason teams 
they have three players on the four deep on that. And one of those is a punter. So, you know, you're looking at position talent. You're not looking at a lot. Like you said, I don't see any wins in conference. I think uh, East Tennessee and UConn are those two wins that you'll see. I I don't think they go winless like they did last year. Um, I think three is the absolute ceiling here. So given that price tag, I would probably go with the under there. So I think we're in agreement with the Commodores. All right, let's move on. South Carolina. So South Carolina comes in at three and a half. So just a little bit above um, Vanderbilt, but the odds makers do like that over even more than Vanderbilt. So minus 160 on that, plus 130 on the under. Again, new coach. So why don't you talk a little bit about that staff? Yeah, another new, another team with a new coach. New coach is Shane Beaver, Beaver, Beamer, <laughs> uh, son of yeah. Frank Beamer. And that he was the tight ends coach at, at Oklahoma the last few years. So not even like a coordinator. He was like uh, the assistant to the head coach or head coach and wait or whatever they call it, whatever they give that um, title. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. what it is, but, uh, and, uh, and they get a benefit from being able to play Vanderbilt and Tennessee this year. So I see three wins for sure. Seven losses and two toss ups. The toss ups being home versus Troy, which I'm kind of leaning Troy. And then at Tennessee, and I think that's a complete toss-up because I just don't know what Tennessee. I mean, we can t- we're going to talk about Tennessee here in a little bit, but um, I think they can get at least one of those, and so I think the over is in play here. So I, yeah, I do think the I think they can get to four. Yeah, I, I agree. I think overall, pretty weak schedule. I think that will help. I think that total is really dependent on a couple of out of conference. I I consider East Carolina a toss up here too. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think East Carolina is. We, we talked about that in a previous episode. I think they have a chance to be decent this year. Again, Troy, I think is a toss up. I think Troy can beat him though. Uh, it's one of those games where you know the Sun Belt teams kind of come to play, and maybe that uh, Power Five team doesn't. So they could get that one. I think if they can get both of those, I think they do. And um, they get over that three and a half. So I like the over here as well. Even at minus 160, I probably like that over. So, man, two agreements. Let's hope we, let's hope we have some, some total fights here because I'm not there to punch you in the face. So we'll <laughs> oh, see what happens. Good. Thank All you. right, so once we get past these two teams, we do get into more than, more than me to the conference. There's a pretty big jump here. The next team we're going to talk about here is Arkansas at six. The total right now, right now though the over is at plus one twenty five, the under at minus one fifty five. So, uh, odds makers are are leaning towards that under. Um, and if you look at the way the schedule plays out, they have to travel to LSU, Georgia, and Bama this year. I mean, yikes! I mean, I, the schedule maker maybe is a Muslim or something like that. Doesn't like pigs. Uh, <laughs> oh god, hard to okay. say. Uh, just brutal though. I mean, that's a brutal road schedule. I think, I, I don't know if a team like this is going to, is going to be able to take the pressure. I think they buckle and I think they fall apart as the season goes on, but you know, if they don't Sam Pittman, their coach probably deserves a big old raise. If he, he's able to get these guys to six. Um, so I like the under here. I think that's the play. Yeah. Uh, the Razorbacks really turned some heads last year when they beat Mississippi state and Ole Miss and they had close losses to Missouri and LSU. And remember, they got absolutely jobbed at Auburn last year. I mean, that was a fucking travesty. That was that was some of the worst officiating I've ever seen. Anyway, they do have the toughest schedule in FBS, like you were saying. And they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. I think they will be in most, if not all, their games, though. Um, but I do see three wins, only three for sure wins, five losses, 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 and four toss-ups. Uh, toss-ups, toss-ups being home versus Texas week two. We just don't exactly know what Texas is going to be with Sarkeesian. So, you know, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's a toss-up game. Uh, home versus Auburn. And I'm actually leaning towards an Arkansas win. Uh, home versus Mississippi State. Again, leaning, uh, Arkansas win. And home versus Missouri last game of the year. I mean, I think they can get four of those to get to the over. Uh, now it's I don't know. It's going to be too close. I say take the under here. It, I mean, those games are just there's just so many question marks. So, but if they can get to six, though, they can get to six this season. 
like you were saying, Pittman not only deserves a raise, but look out next season because they'll be they'll be a team that'll be they're definitely going to be a team on the rise. If they get to six in a bowl game, really really good team next year. Yeah, get some momentum. They could be headed in the right direction. So yeah, definitely, I, I agree with that. So all right, next up, Mississippi State, the Bulldogs, also at six. Kind of a trend here. Interesting here. The the odds on the over at minus one twenty and the unders at minus one ten. So pretty close there. This this six seems pretty solid in Vegas. So what do you think of? Mississippi State's chances this year. Yeah, I I'm not real high on the Fighting Leeches this year. I, I mean, he does have a starting quarterback back with Will Rogers, who played some of the games. I don't remember exactly how those split out, but he played I think the last half of the games after uh, the one guy got. I forgot what his name was. The guy from Stanford that transferred in. Um, but they do have a difficult schedule as well. I mean, they are in the West, so there's that. I have uh, three for sure wins, five losses, and four toss-ups. Uh, at Memphis is a toss-up, uh, home versus Kentucky, at Arkansas, which I lean a loss, and at Auburn. So uh, there's no way they can get to the over. I say take the under. I don't know. I mean, the Southern Pirates, as I like to call them now, Yeah, uh, they've, got, they've got a couple guys on offense that I think could have breakout years. You've got Jaden Wally and Jaquavius Marks. I think if Leach can find a way to get them uh, mixed into the offense, I think they could be legit targets. They might do some light damage in the West. I mean, you still have so many heavy hitters in the West. It's hard It's hard to break through. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, that I notice is that it, it feels like there's a lot of new quarterbacks in the SEC. Yeah. And so it might be that having a returning quarterback might be an advantage um, coming back for them. Some interesting matchups for Mississippi State this year. Memphis game is going to be a ton of fun. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see what the over is in that game because you look at these two teams traditionally and how many points usually score. I mean, you could be looking at overs close to 75, 80, something like that. I actually like them to hit the over here. I'm going to take the over on the Bulldogs. I think they get over that six. Oh, okay. Seven wins. Wow. So a, little bit of, a little bit of fight there. Yeah. We'll fight you on this one. Yeah. All right, next up on the sixth train, the Volunteers of Tennessee, another new coaching staff. Over-under is six, but Vegas likes the under here. The over is at plus 110, under at minus 140. So, Casey, where do you think uh, Tennessee ends this year? Yeah, uh, new coaching staff, like you said. Uh, the Volunteers definitely benefit from being in the East. I mean, it is nice playing Vandy year after year after all. Um, I think it'll take at least two years for Heupel to get the offense to where he wants it. The thing about UCF when he got there is that they were running essentially the same offense, so he had the right kind of athletes already to run it. It's going to take some time for that to happen at Tennessee. Uh, this year is going to be real tough. I do see four uh, for sure wins, six losses, and just two toss-ups, uh, home versus Pitt and home versus South Carolina. I mean, unless they can upset Missouri, Ole Miss, or Kentucky – no way this team can get to seven. I mean, this is this is a for sure under bet for me. I'm a little more on the fence here. You know, you, you have Josh Hypo and Danny White coming over, both from UCF, taking over the program. Uh, this, I think what Tennessee needs more than anything is just a little bit of stability. We've seen some really, really volatile years. You hope that the Hypo and White can bring that to Tennessee, and that's what they're going to need, I think, to succeed long-term. Uh, there's a couple transfer quarterbacks that are in the mix that he's going to probably have to to pick from for starters. But kind of like you said, I don't think you're going to have this magical year like he's able to have year one at UCF, sort of just plugging and playing with that team. I really think that game against Pitt is going to be a huge signal early on of where this team goes. It, there could be an early kind of make or break for this for this team. I still think though they have enough talent. I think they get to six. I don't know if they get to seven. I'm kind of on the fence with that. I would say stay away from this one because I think that six seems just right about where they should be for this total. If ten- All right, up on, next. Hang on a second. If Tennessee gets to six wins, yeah. I will be I will be shocked. Okay, so you like the under here? Oh yeah, I'd love the under. I you agree with Vegas here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Stepping up a tier here, up to Auburn. Auburn at seven for the total. Although Vegas also likes the under here, plus 120 for the over, 
Minus 150 for the under. Uh, when I look at their schedule, I see four sh- sure, four for sure losses. Uh, and I also think uh, Ole Miss, LSU, get them as well. So I see at least six losses on this schedule. Maybe even more. I think I think Carson's going to be a good coach. I think he's going to be a decent SEC coach in the long run. But this year is just going to be a tough year to kind of break in. That's kind of kind of where I am in Auburn. What do you think? Yeah, uh, like you said, new coach. They bring in Boise State's uh, Brian Harson. Can his philosophies translate to the big boy conference? Like you said, we'll see. You know, it's it's an interesting personality. It's an interesting hire. Um, he does have a ton of returning talent including talented quarterback Bo Nix. He hasn't been great, but you can see the talents there. And he's got a big-time running back in Tank Bigsby. So that's a good start. They returned seven on defense that will be run by Derek Mason, and that's Vandy's old coach. So there is some familiarization there uh, with the SEC. So I see five for sure wins, four losses, and three toss-ups. Toss-ups being at Penn State uh, week three, which is going to be a super interesting game to me. Yeah, uh, that'll be a fun one. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, at Arkansas, and then home versus Mississippi State, and I lean win for Auburn there. So I think the ceiling is seven, so give me the under. If Harson can get six or seven, then I think that's going to be a really good start uh, for him first year. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you bring up an interesting point because I think this is an interesting kind of experiment for the SEC because you see a lot of coaching hires in the SEC being – guys that had ties to the sec now i i know harson you know he came from arkansas state right that's where he came that's where he went before boise state so that that's sort of like a tangential connection but most of the time you see these coaches kind of it's almost like an nfl mentality right yeah you see them kind of recycled a lot through the sec so to take a guy that's that has a different footprint than some of these guys, I think is an interesting experiment. We'll see where it goes. So we'll see what happens uh, with Brian Harson and the Auburn Tigers. All right. Now here's another one. I think we are in kind of disagreement on this one. Although maybe, maybe not as far as maybe I think. So Kentucky, the Kentucky Wildcats featuring, of course, former Nebraska all purpose back Wanda Robinson. Best player. So I think he ended up at, What's that? He's the, the, the featuring Nebraska's best player. And he's a third team all SEC player. Yep. So it just kind of puts things in perspective. So right now the total is at seven. Now, interestingly, minus one forty on the over here, plus one ten on the under. So what do you see? Well, actually let me let me get started. Yeah, you do. Because Kentucky's actually one one of the teams that I, I really I think is intriguing in the SEC because they've got that ground and pound mentality, right? Like so many of these teams including Alabama, have sort of gone to that more, you know, uh, I guess, up-tempo, a lot of quick passes, um, stuff like that. But Kentucky sort of maintained that ground and pound, was it two years ago, where they had a receiver? It was running the Wildcat pretty much exclusively because they didn't because they lost Terry Wilson and yep. they didn't they didn't have any quarterbacks left. Um, and I, and I think that that works for Kentucky. And I think it gives them an identity and a little bit of a niche in the SEC. And it's a nice counter, I think, to some of the styles that we've seen adopted by some of these SEC teams. I think they can slow enough teams down and catch a few teams by surprise. I actually like them. I think they get to nine this year. I know you think that's a little high, but I, I, I like nine for Kentucky this yeah, year. Nine? Not, come on, Kenny. Nine? Really? They're going to be starting a new quarterback with a new OC. That OC coming from the NFL. So they'll be throwing a lot more. And to add to that, the defense, the only thing that was decent, only returns four. And all their top playmakers are gone. But they do have a super weak schedule where, <laughs> yeah, I, see them getting, where I see them getting to six for sure, with only three losses and three toss-ups at home versus Missouri, at Mississippi State, and at Louisville. Okay, well, maybe nine really isn't <laughs> too unrealistic. <laughs> kind of talk myself into it. Uh, I, I think that they can push for sure. Um, and I'm going to say for podcasts, uh, sure, over. I this is, right, cool. this, yeah, this is a team that I didn't want to have win that many games like as like when I was first like kind of looking at it and then I just started going through the whole SEC and going through like the schedule and just marking wins and losses and I'm just like 
Well, they have six wins already. Like I just, they just is just so yeah. their schedule just so easy. It may be the easiest schedule in. Yeah. Well, no, it's probably not. It's it's close. It's probably the second easiest schedule in the SEC. I think South Carolina actually might have the easiest schedule. I think we'll talk about another team here too that has a pretty easy go of things, but um, at least as far as their cross uh, division games. But anyway, yeah, it is a pretty easy schedule by SEC standards for sure. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's move on and talk about another SEC East team. Also at seven, the Missouri Tigers. Uh, so, you know, we talk about Oklahoma and Texas joining the conference. We got a former Big 8 team here that will maybe pretty soon be in a little pod with Texas and Oklahoma yeah. coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Those poor guys, they did everything they could to get away, and they just got pulled right back in eventually. So right now, the over is at minus 140, so odds makers like them to get over that 7 one. Plus one ten on the under. So, what do you think of the Missouri Tigers this year? Yeah, uh, Drinkwitz got off to a good start last year. I thought uh, they do bring back seven on an offense that was middle of the road in the SEC. Uh, they do have to replace workhorse back Larry Roundtree. The defense might be the weak link on the team, though, as they have a new defensive coordinator. Uh, they do have six back from a, again another middle of the road uh, conference group last year. I do have six for sure wins, uh, three losses, and three toss-ups. The toss-ups being at Kentucky, at Boston College, and at Arkansas, so they're all away games. I think they'll have a shot in all three of those. So, um, yeah, I like the over, uh, even though I think a push would not surprise me here. Yeah, like you said, safe to say Mizzou overperformed at 5-5 five and five last year, and I think that the odds makers saw that and expect improvement from Eli Drinkwitz. And that's why we see the seven. Uh, you talked about the schedule, really those three no brainer losses, Texas, A&M, Florida, and Georgia. Yeah. You know, those are the three games that they have no shot in, but then a bunch of winnable games. Uh, I think they need to avoid, they had a couple big time meltdowns last year in a couple games that they need to avoid. I still think seven's too many. I think six, and a bowl game is a lot more attainable for Missouri. So I would take the under at the plus 110 here. That's where I'm on that. All right. Let's talk about the Ole Miss Rebels. They're still the Rebels, right? They haven't changed their name or anything. No, not yet. No, they Do you, we see a mascot change on the horizon for Ole Miss, or you think they'll stick with Rebels? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. They're running Rebels. I don't know. I don't. Well, that's UNLV. UNLV is the running Rebels. Oh, there's Ole Miss is, oh, is just rebels. the Rebels. I don't. Th- I think if they'll change their mascot, maybe not their uh, or the, the logo of the mascot, maybe not the because uh, it's just that old white guy on a cane, okay. right? So I don't know. It'll be interesting yep. to see. I mean, it's not terribly offensive. I mean, obviously, it references like the Confederacy, but. I don't know. Well, their mascot is a plantation owner. Yeah, right? that's what I'm. T- well, yeah, that's what I mean. I think the logo might change, but it's not. What like- would be sweet is if they if they if they kept the the name, but then they changed their logo to like a runaway slave or something like that. Like so they, you know, so they truly encompass what a rebel would be in the South. Yeah, there was um, a. Do you remember when there was a uh petition for them to have Admiral Akbar be the logo for yes. the rebels. Now that would be amazing. They could have like a, they could have like an be... X Wing on their helmet. Yes. I think a Y Wing would be more appropriate oh. for Akbar. I don't know why. <laughs> that's okay. Okay. I, I I just associate Y Wings with Akbar. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of that, my, my son has been watching he he's been watching the original trilogy and so he's watched Return of the Jedi like four times. Yeah, now, of course. So. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. Look at them little teddy bears fighting, killing. That's right. Eating, yep. eating some but stormtroopers. Pretty much smashing some imperial walkers with logs. Yep, that's right. Yep. All right, so Ole Miss, did I, did I mention they're seven and a half? Seven, seven and a half, minus 140 on the over, so plus 110 again. It seems like Vegas really likes, they're expecting like every SEC team to win every single game, yeah. I think. So everybody's going to be 12 and 0, yeah. something, something like that. I don't know. Uh, what do you think of Ole Miss? Yeah, so this is a team that I'm actually, you know, really looking forward to watching this season. I think they're going to be a top three in their league offense and a top 10 offense nationally combined Matt Corral and Kiffin, uh, one of the best offensive minds in the game. And, uh, they're going to score a lot of points. 
The uh, the defense was bad, 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 bad last year. So the good news for that is that they can only go up. So they can only get better from last in the league uh, or second to last. They can stay bad. They can finish last again. Yeah, they don't have to go up. It's true. That's true. Uh, so they need to be better as they will only be able to out. They'll be able to outscore almost everyone. But if they want to take it to like the next step, they have to have like a top ten in the conference ranked defense, right? So nothing like crazy good, but like just good enough, right? Um, I think they win seven. Uh, I see two for sure losses at Bama, home versus A&M. Three toss-ups, so they play Louisville week one, which if Malik Cunningham is back to form, this is going to be an amazing quarterback duel. That week one game will be really, really fun, I think, if Malik Cunningham yeah. is yeah. who he sh- should be. Uh, then they, they are at home versus LSU. And I think that's a loss. I lean a loss there. And then they, uh, the other top last toss up is home versus Liberty. So another fun quarterback duel. So mm-hmm. I think they can get to eight. So take the over. And I got a question for you. Does Kiffin get a shot at the Bama gig when Saban retires? If he can keep Ole Miss winning. I, I don't, I don't think so. I think they want somebody with a little bit more history stability there. Um, I, I think there has to be kind of a, like a statesman to take over that job. I don't think Bama would go with somebody like like Kiffin, mm-hmm. even if even if he's a success, successful. I think there's a lot other um, coaches that would fit better at Bama than Kiffin. Just mm-hmm. just my opinion there. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the, you know the big se- uh, off season news for Ole Miss seemed to be the fact that Kiffin lost thirty pounds. Did you hear that? Hey, I did not. Yeah. Hey, good for him. Yeah. So. So my thought is maybe, you know, moving from, you know, Southern Florida to, to, to old miss to Mississippi, maybe he switched from Coke to meth. Oh, and that's okay. what kind of fueled that, that, you know, it, it just kind of like, you know, he, he plateaued a little bit and then switching to meth just brought him that whole new, you know, level of, um, health and weight loss weight experience. Loss. Yeah. There. Okay. All right. Yeah. And that, that seems like the only rational explanation to me <laughs> of, of, for that weight loss. So, um, or, you know, maybe you stop drinking regular pop. I don't know. One of those two things. <laughs> one of the, it's only one of those two yeah, things. Yeah. Nothing else. It's only one of those. Two nope. No. So you, you look at their schedule. I only see two sure losses on the schedule. That's Bama and A&M. I think they can legitimately win every other game on their schedule. I don't think they will, but I think there's definitely enough room there to get them over seven and a half for sure. I think nine or 10 isn't out of the question for Ole Miss. So yeah, I like the over here. Yep. All right, let's move on to LSU. So LSU coming in at eight and a half. That will be definitely an improvement over last year. <laughs> uh, so right, right now, even money on the overs at 100, actually minus 130 on the under here. So Casey, you think they can get to that eight and a half, get over that? Yeah, so I, this is another team that like I started researching it, and I was surprised by how much I actually like this team. I thought this team was just gonna. I thought it was gonna be an awful team, and I'm like, this is an easy under. And but um, you know, I came to realize that the defense should be infinitely better with nine back and a new defensive coordinator. So there's that. There's there's studs on every level of that defense. I mean, there always is, right? So I mean, you just need the right coach, not Bo Pelini. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, but the the offense is the real reason for optimism for me here. So, the old offensive coordinator Steve Enziminger stepped down to be an analyst uh, this season, and Orgeron hired two of Joe Brady's assistants to run the offense: offensive coordinator Jake Peets and passing game coordinator DJ Mangas. Um, I love this move. The offense should run the same way it did with Brady as play caller and passing game coordinator. The quarterback and wide receivers aren't as good as when Burrow and those others were there, but the concepts and the plays will be the same. So, and I love the, I love that with the athletes that LSU can recruit. So they do have wide receiver Kayshawn Booty uh, back uh, who had four, he had 45 catches for 735 yards last year. That's 16.3 yards per reception and five touchdowns. So I think he's going to have a huge year. Also the entire offensive line is back. So schedule-wise, schedule-wise, I see seven for sure wins with five toss-ups. At UCLA week one, 
I thought UCLA was going to be a run runaway win here, and then now after I researched LSU, I'm leaning win for LSU. I I actually think LSU is going to be way better than people think. Uh, at least me. And home versus Florida, which I think I'm leaning win there at Ole Miss, and that game is going to be crazy. And I'm leaning win with LSU and uh, at Bama. Um, you know, I don't know, Bama, when we're going to talk about Bama here soon, their offense might not uh, be able to uh, be up to the task uh, this year with a with an offense like LSU is going to have. And then home versus A&M last game. So I think they can get to nine and they only need two of those five toss ups. So I say take the over. Yeah, I agree here. I think a big bounce back year for LSU. Uh, I think that making those moves to kind of return to where they found their success was a smart move on Orgeron's part. And I think, you know, he's shown that he's willing to, to learn and adapt. Um, you know, he, he took a chance. Yeah. There's some interviews, uh, with Orgeron where he said he didn't even know who Pelini was. Basically. He just kind of hired him on a, on a recommendation. Speaking of Pelini, did you happen to hear any of his interview that he did with Will Compton? I have um, just the other day. Yeah, I haven't listened to that podcast yet. I uh, did you? I haven't. I want to. I'm going to probably listen to it. But had, did you listen to it? No, I have not. It just popped up last night, so um, I'm going to go back and listen to kind of what he had to say about um, last year at LSU and his time in Nebraska. So that might be kind of an interesting listen there. I know he has some sort of business idea he's cooked up recently too. So we'll uh, see what happens with that. But you know, I, I think last year was a fluke thanks to Bo and some other factors. You look at Booty and then you have Derek Stingley on yeah. on defense. Both of those guys have NFL star potential. I think Stingley I think is not only an elite uh defensive back but also probably an elite um kick and punt returner too. So you could see a couple touchdowns on special teams for LSU this year as well, which um, I think, you know, those are kind of like unicorns, but I think when you have a guy like Stingley, you can maybe kind of just count on at least a couple of those this year. And that could be, could be the difference in a couple of those big games. So I definitely like the over here as well with LSU. All right, let's move on to the Florida Gators uh, over under at nine. And again, odds makers pretty split minus minus one ten on the over Minus 120 on the under, so it's a shitty bet either way you look at it when you're dealing with the Gators, at least as far as your money goes. Uh, so if you look at Florida this year, there's a ton, a ton of huge pieces to replace on O, yeah. uh, on the offense. Um, but I think they have enough comeback on defense, and, and Mullen has proven that his offense will work in the SEC. And I think that... I think they can find a stride given enough time. I think the defense is going to be able to keep them in enough games where that, that offense can find their identity and get going. Odds makers, like I said, like the over slightly better. And I do agree. Uh, I think the big caveat we just talked about LSU. Uh, I think that's going to be that turn game that can get them to, if, if they can get by LSU, they can get to 10, but how much better is that defense going to be without the albatross also known as Bill Pelini at the helm of that defense. So we'll see what happens with that. But I'm, I, I like the over here and I, yeah, you, you said it like, there's no way this team is going to be as good offensively with all that talent they lost. I mean, this is, this is crazy last year. The defense needs to get a whole lot better in a hurry. Uh, if they want to get to 10 wins, I think the offense will be serviceable, but won't be able to win games on their own. Like they did last year. I think they have eight for sure wins, two losses, and two toss-ups. I, I'm leaning loss at LSU, and then home versus Florida State. I mean, that's just a rivalry game. They probably are able to win that, but you never you never know what Florida State's going to be like at the end of the year. I mean, that the, in their last game, they might they may have put it all together, and Norvell may you know figured it out. So I think they're going to be actually be lucky to get to nine. So I say take the under this year. I think there's a fall. I think there's a fall off with Florida this year. All right, yeah, and that's that's legit, and your argument makes sense. So you you could very well see that fall off here for Florida this year. Uh, it's hard to sustain, especially in the SEC at that high level, unless you are, you know, one of the teams we're going to talk about. And to start with Texas A and M, Jimbo Fisher continues with the Aggies total at nine and a half this year, minus one fifteen for the over, minus one fifteen for the under. So take your pick uh, in this game. So what do you think of? Texas A&M yeah, this year. This team, 
has a chance. They really do. I didn't want to believe it, and then I started looking at it, and I was like, I told you, man. Okay. I, I I pegged them a few weeks ago as a team to consider outside of the kind of the big four. So. Yeah, yeah. The defense is going to be really good. They have nine back from a defense that ranked number one in the conference in total defense, number three in the conference in scoring, and number two in the conference in passing and rushing. So you add that to one of the best rushing attacks in the conference with the big time back and Isaiah Spiller, and that all equals to a really big year. Uh, they'll have a new quarterback, but their first three games are really easy, so they should give them should give them enough time to get him figured out. I have 10 for sure wins with toss-ups being home versus Bama and home versus LSU. So they get their two biggest games in front of the 12th man. And so everything being normal, people in stands, you know, whatever, but they get them at home. So this is an easy over for me. Easy over. Yeah, um, I agree. And, you know, like I said, I kind of – that – team stood out as me as the team outside of the usual suspects who could have a shot at that national title. And, you know, you look at the numbers, they have the third most all-conference players, according to Athlon in the SEC. They have four first-team all-conference players um, right out of the gate. Like you said, Spiller should have a, a really good year. They always have a solid offensive line. And on defense, I think Mike Elko is uh, that's a guy who you look at next year, he's probably going to have a few head coaching opportunities. So I like him to, to, you know, put things together for that defense. They got to find a solid quarterback to replace mod. Just basically somebody to hand the ball off to, to Spiller <laughs> yeah. as much as possible. And, you know, get, get it to him in the flat and let him, you know, make a couple moves. And I think they can play with anyone, including Bama. I think, like he said, Bama might have a few weaknesses this year that haven't been there in the past. And also, you look at their crossover games, they avoid Florida, Georgia, and Kentucky. So I think that will help uh, kind of bolster that win total as well. So, yeah, we okay. So we both like Texas A&M to possibly challenge Bama for that West crown. Yeah, so there you go. There you go, Bus. There's your explanation. Very slow. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and for a and we drive. It only took like a month to get back to you, but we finally <laughs> did. So. <laughs> All right. A couple teams left, the big dogs. No pun intended. In the <laughs> SEC, one in the East, the top of the heap in the East, Georgia, ten and a half is the total, minus one thirty-five, minus one thirty-five in the over at ten and a half. I think that shows you where um, odds makers are as far as the Bulldogs and plus one hundred five on the under. Um, so, looking at Georgia this year. Uh, JT Daniels, the transfer from USC, you saw him in November, I think is when he came in. Yeah. And he started a few games. Yeah. He seemed to finally live up to his recruiting hype, but he wasn't perfect. I mean, he, he struggled against Cincinnati, you know? So um, I, I think that I think that he should put up a pretty impressive year. He did, though, lose his top wide receiver this spring um, to a knee injury. So okay. um, he's going to be at least one target short there. Uh, the offense, I think, is going to have to win games this year. I think that pivotal game for getting over that 10.5 is going to be against Clemson. Uh, if they can get in a shootout, I think they have a chance. We'll see what happens. I think they could they could win 11, but actually, I doubt it. I, I'm actually going with the under here um, as kind of my play, especially at plus 105. I think, I think 10 seems a lot more realistic than 11. I know you disagree, so. Yeah, yeah. So, Tell us about what you think of Georgia. So this is this is the year for Georgia. This year is the year for Georgia. Uh, they have seven back on offense, and those seven is all their big playmakers from last year. Well, I guess minus the one from the, the spring, the wide receiver from the spring. I guess I didn't, I didn't know that. But still, they're still uh, top two running backs, top four wide receivers. I mean, quarterback. Um, the defense only has four back, but they actually bring back a lot of experience. The defensive line is full of seniors, juniors and seniors. And those are super seniors. Well, they might be super seniors, but any anyway, they've been in the program for a long time. Um, the schedule sets up beautifully, I think. So they they I have their only toss-up game being week one versus Clemson, um, which is going to be a fantastic game. Um, then I think... Then I think they win the rest of their games. They don't. So you want to talk about a weak SEC schedule? Georgia has a weak SEC schedule. They don't play Bama. They don't play LSU. They don't play Ole Miss. They don't play A and M. 
And that's the four top teams from the other side, right? The toughest game outside of Clemson is Florida. And I don't, and I don't see Florida being able to hang offensively. So yeah, real shot at the Bulldogs going 12 and 0. Actually, I think they go 13 and 0 and win the conference. That's my pick. That's your pick. And obviously with the playoff as well, then, right? Yeah, they'll go into the playoff and do whatever. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, but um, I mean, they got a shot. They got a really good shot to to to, to win every game. I, they're just that uh, that offense is just going to be that good, and it's a Kirby Smart defense with a lot of experience. There's not a lot of freshmen and sophomore in that two deep. They may not be. They may not have been starters last year, but they were in the sec. You know, they were second on the depth chart or whatever, and they just made their way up. So you know that. That gives me hope. I mean, if there was a lot of like freshmen and sophomore in that two deep, then I would feel a little bit. I wouldn't feel as confident in that defense. But I think it's Georgia. It's just it's the top. You know, the seniors and juniors were part of the top five recruiting class three four years ago. You know what I mean? So it's just reloading in defense. Um, yeah, that, that's a good point. And then you got to figure. So if if. Georgia finishes 13 and 0, you have to figure they're the number 1 seed, right? Because oh, that would yeah. mean a win over Clemson. Um the only other team that might be considered for that number 1 is Ohio State, but if if Georgia's coming out of the SEC including a win over Bama or Texas A&M in the conference championship game, you got to figure they get that number 1 seed and probably play Clemson again. Maybe, <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, or Oregon, it could be a rematch of Clemson. Yeah, it could or be Oregon. You know, yeah. well, Oregon, Oregon's the other Oregon or USC. I think you know coming out, but they have to be undefeated. The Pac-12 team has to be undefeated. So, because Clemson will get the benefit yeah. of doubt. Same thing with same with Big Twelve too. I think Oklahoma is have to be undefeated to get in that playoff. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, and I think Oklahoma. Well, you know, Oklahoma's gonna have to play Iowa State twice probably. So, yeah. But Iowa State will be top yeah. ten ranked. I think they won't get docked for playing for be losing losing a close game to Iowa State. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I think it's going to be four undefeated teams in the playoff this year, and it's a good possibility. Yeah. All right. Speaking of teams that Vegas is expecting to go undefeated, Alabama, our last team in the SEC, eleven and a half of the win total, and actually minus one hundred five on the over, and minus one twenty five on the under. So, well, I guess if you look at that, they're expecting it to be under that eleven. Um, so, why don't you talk us through the top of the heap in the SEC, Bama? Yeah. So the defense this year is going to be elite. I mean, it's going to be fantastic. Eight back from a defense that was really good last year. It, I mean, it, this is going to rank up there in the you know with Saban defenses. The offense will reload and will be pretty good. But here's my hesitation: Bill O'Brien is the new offensive coordinator. I don't really like that. I don't really like. I I don't think that it's going to be nearly as creative as it was last year. I don't like Bill O'Brien. I think. They're going to be more conservative, which for Bama would, should be fine. But if they happen to get any to get into any shootouts, I really don't like their chances. I mean, ch- with that defense, they're probably not going to get into shootouts. But I mean, are, are, is their offense going to be able to score? I don't know because I mean, Bill O'Brien had like Deshaun Watson and uh, and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, and he did nothing with it. Like they made the playoffs, I think once. You know, maybe they went, maybe they went on, they went on a run in the playoffs a little bit, but offensively they weren't that amazing. So schedule wise, I see nine wins with three toss ups. Uh, I'm going to call a toss up versus Miami week one because it's week one. And if Derek King can go off, you know, I'm probably leaning Bama win there, but you just never know. Um, and then yeah, Derek King's going to be rolling around in his pile of money and <laughs> yeah. might not be able to play very well. Too. <laughs> he slipped on a, stack of hundos in his house or something yep. uh mm-hmm. and then they yep. have to they have to go to a&m and they have to play at and they get lsu at home i i think they're gonna drop one of those and it's probably gonna be at a&m um but i i wouldn't be surprised if old miss catches them as well so you know i say take the under they're gonna lose at least one game this season for sure yeah and you know you wonder with the hire of bill o'brien is that a signal is that something where Nick Saban's trying to tell us, not us, me and you, but you know, just 
because Bill, he doesn't give a shit about us. I'm just talking about just people in general. Like, is he trying to tell people something that he's going to rely way more on his defense this year than they have had to in the past? Like, do you, do you hire Bill O'Brien if you feel confident that you have enough talent on offense to put up points? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's I, a very uninspiring choice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real. Especially coming off, especially coming off like Kiffin and Sark, like get out of yeah. here, get out of here with uh, Bill O'Brien. Like, who gives a shit about Bill O'Brien? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uninspiring. It's like, the correct it's, word. it's it's like going to a Mexican restaurant ordering a hot dog, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> like, yes. Okay, yeah, sure. They have them on the menu, but is it going to be that good? Yeah. No, probably. Not. Yeah, that's it's oh, disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a disappointing hire, but I mean, I guess, you know, who's to doubt Saban? He's done some pretty crazy things in the past, and they've worked out, so maybe this is another one of those. So, I guess, it we're made to be seen, I think 11.5 is, I think, for any team. As far as the total, I mean, this is one of those where you just stay away, I think, no matter what, because you don't want to fuck around with 11.5. There's yeah. no reason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No reason whatsoever. So, yeah. it, so that's, I think that's kind of where we stand. All right, well, there is the SEC. We have made it through successfully, and I did it without coughing, so that shows you I am over COVID. Nice. Nice work, Kenny. No, I, didn't, I didn't actually cough very much at all, so. Okay, well, that's good. Oh, yeah. That's good. I do want to tell uh, Legion that we postponed our horse tournament. We announced it last week, and we had to postpone it because the weather in Lincoln was kind of weird at the time like we didn't know if it was gonna storm or not on that saturday it was just kind of like it was cloudy and it was just kind of blah so we so we're holding we're holding that back hopefully we're gonna get um we'll get that going again uh we're i think we're gonna try and do week one have a little horse tournament got a trophy and gonna you know have some fun there um also bus we will get to your question next week um your twitter question um and i think we may be starting I don't know. You keep sending questions in. We may just have a buses question of the week on the podcast. I don't know yet. So we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, keep those questions coming. Have a whole episode. <laughs> yeah. It, it could just be like an extra episode, like a, an, an addendum, just buses questions. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. So there you go. Next week. Uh, right. Next week, Big Ten. Yep, Big Ten. And then we're ready to start the season. We'll, we'll see what happens. It should take an over under on, on COVID cancellations for the season. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It really is going to be interesting. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Buss's question related to kind of that a little bit. He talked, he, he sent an article about, um, Kiffin, Lane Kiffin's team is a hundred percent vaccinated. The whole football program is a hundred percent vaccinated. And then, um, and then, uh, also what was really interesting too, is that LSU, is more or less 100% vaccinated. I think Orgeron said they had all but one player yet to be fully vaccinated, and they were getting their shots here tomorrow or this week or something. So the SEC's not messing around. Like, those teams aren't messing around because they want to play football. So then it sounds like the protocols are going to be yeah. like, if you're vaccinated, if you're fully vaccinated, we're not testing you every day. So there's – and even if yep. in, in close contacts, you don't have to come out. You don't have to go sit in quarantine if you're in close contact. So – which is a smart move. It's only if you're symptomatic. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that makes sense. Which makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense that if you have that added layer of protection, you know, and I, I think something that I think has been overlooked a little bit in the media and I don't know about protocols too, but I, I wonder where, um, prior exposure or infection factor into that. You know, if you have a player who was infected, let's say, you know, in July, and they're not vaccinated. What is what is that difference as far as how we're weighing those protocols between that player and someone who's vaccinated? You know, I think I think that's something that that might have been maybe a little bit overlooked or, or taken into consideration as well because I think that does play a factor too. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. I I need to read more about natural immunity. I've read some things about it, and that it's natural immunity can be kind of weird because it depends on how big the viral load was and you can't you can't discern that right like it's just you don't know how much that was so but they are i think 
they have noticed that there is like a natural immunity, like they have like the long term cells that are that, that are grown in your bone marrow to help identify and and control yeah. some of that stuff. So they are seeing that. So that is interesting too. So yeah, it I don't know. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a crazy year, <laughs> regardless. Like I mean it's gonna be crazier than even last it'll probably be even crazier than last year. Maybe. There's a lot less restrictions and protocols in place, you know, so that that's going to factor in too. you know, last year it was pretty controlled in a lot of ways just because of the circumstances. But now there, there's, there's such disparate, you know, protocols across teams, across conferences, across States, you know, does, does a team who's traveling to Florida, do they have trepidations about even going or do they feel like they can control things enough or enough of their team is vaccinated or has previous infection or whatever that, that, that doesn't become a factor. I think that's, you know, that that's one of those great unknowns that, you know, that we're not going to know until the season starts. Yeah. And who knows, may, maybe this wave is over. You know, there are some people that are predicting that this current wave ends or starts to dissipate by the by the middle of this month you know in the next couple of weeks and then and then what yeah 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 it's hard to say yeah i know that there yeah there's some there's some news coming from that end of it too so i don't know just just listen to us we know what we're talking about yeah if if you want all the answers and, and you want honestly i think that we have varying perspectives on this too and i think that's i think that's important and i think that each one of us kind of brings a different perspective to the table yeah you know especially with with the dingus coming back you know he has he has some a little bit different views than we have but i I think we're all in the same kind of ballpark but we just have different angles different angles on it i mean here i am vaccinated and infection you know what should my protocols be what happens with some of the should I be wearing a mask? <laughs> Do I, is it necessary? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so just listen to us and uh, give us, give us some money. Listen to us and give us some money. Or if you know a business that wants really to give us money. Thing. Yeah. That's what we want. We would love to endorse a um, division three NCAA athlete. For like fifty bucks a month, something like that. <laughs> We'd totally do that. You can come. I'll I'll help produce your podcast. I'll help produce your podcast, and you can go get sponsors. How's that? Yeah. Do you tell yeah, me athletes I can help produce a podcast, and you just split a little bit of the sponsorship money with me when you go get advertisers. But your podcast will sound amazing. Speaking of that, one more note before we go here. Um, Friend of the show and former guest, Tremaine Thompson. Yeah. Is now a grad assistant at UTEP. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations on that, Tremaine. Um, I, I think I think he's gonna have some success there. Um, I hope when they have their Halloween party that he wears that skeleton costume mm-hmm. that he wore on the podcast. It was the best costume I, I I've ever see- seen. That was, and he was the only one who had a costume on. I still feel a little bit guilty about that. Yeah, you should. And he showed up. <laughs> he showed up for the Halloween episode, and he's the only one with a costume. It was the greatest Halloween costume ever. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like his costume would have blown anything else that we would have worn out of the water. That's true. We probably just would have taken our costumes off because his was so much better. That's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, congrats, uh, Tremaine, on your new position. Look forward to seeing what you do. We talked about UTEP a couple weeks ago. We love the Roadrunners on the show, so we'll, what, maybe, you, maybe we'll UTEP, keep an extra eye on them. UTEP is not the Roadrunners. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, the Miners. The miners. I was thinking of UTSA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the Miners. Yeah. We love the Miners too, though. Yeah. We love all those. We love Conference USA. That's they have a special place in our heart. That's right. All right. Well, Legion, it's time to say goodnight, and hopefully we'll be all be in person next week and ready to rock the season. So with that, we say goodnight, and I bid you to eat shit. Boners.
Hogwarts shirt. <laughs> nice. Are you, is that a Ravenclaw? Yeah. That's a Ravenclaw shirt, huh? Yeah, Ravenclaw. Yeah. Such a loser. Ravenclaws are losers. Not really. We're pretty damn fucking cool. Slytherin or nothing. You're, you just you think you're Slytherin. You're not Slytherin. I am too. What, what do you? What? What would you say I am then? Uh, Hufflepuff. Well, yeah, no. Although they have the, <laughs> they have the coolest animal though. Yeah, that's true. Like I don't know how they got a be a badger. A badger, yeah. <sighs> I'm not used to drinking this much on a Thursday night. So. <laughs> All right, I got I got to pee. Do you want me to take off the headphones, or you want to come pee with me?